Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Slice a fox, culture didn't pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, yeah, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. It is November 24th. We are a day away from Thanksgiving weekend, a weekend hopefully everybody is going to be able to enjoy. We've got football, we've got food, we've got family tomorrow. Should should be a really good day. Speaking of family, we would like to continue to recognize the great podcast network that we are a part of, and that is the Pigskin Podcast Network, which you can find at pigskinpodnet on Twitter, or you can search the hashtag TPPN. All of the podcasts associated with that network tag uh, their podcast there. We've got baseball, football, soccer, everything. Go check it out when you are not listening to us. Dennis will be here shortly. Uh, so right now it is just me and Matt. Matt, how you doing on this wonderful Wednesday? Doing pretty good. Made the um, awesome adult decision to go see a movie that started at 7.30 last night. That was three hours long. And being as how you and I get up at uh, 4.30 or 5 a.m. Yeah. About an hour and a half into it, I was like, I've made a horrible mistake. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. It was... Uh, Nice for me today. I um, It's just one of those days right before Thanksgiving, usually with my job. I, I get done fairly early. Got to work a little bit later than usual because I knew I was going to have a, a late day. Got there at like 3.45 this morning uh, and was leaving at about 11. So it was nice. Get to come home. I took like a three-hour nap, which was glorious. Uh, and now I'm ready to work on some stuff because... Wow, everybody else gets to take a break. We at Campus to Can't Do Not. We've still got a lot of stuff coming this weekend. So I've got a lot of work to get done, but we're here to talk about not college football. We are here to talk about the NFL. We've got three games tomorrow night and then the rest of the week 12 slate. Uh, who is on by this week? Is it the. It's the Arizona Cardinals and the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs. Okay, so two teams on by. Um, you know, really, I guess when you, when you say that, it's really just kind of. Patrick Mahomes and, and Tyree Kill and Kelsey then because the Cardinals without Murray and Hopkins the past couple of weeks haven't really been doing a lot for your fantasy team. So not a bad week for buys. And, and this is a pivotal week for, for fantasy football. We're going into week 12. So likely including this week, only three weeks left to make the playoffs or secure your spot in the playoffs. So let's talk about some of these games. We'll start with the early morning game here on Thanksgiving, and that is the 3-7 and seven Chicago Bears at the 0-9-1 Detroit Lions. Rumors are that Matt Nagy might be fired after this game. What are you expecting from Chicago? Yeah, and I think they've uh, they've tried to come out and quelch those rumors. So 
I guess we'll see. I don't think any of us would be surprised based on the way Chicago has looked. Justin Fields has now officially been ruled out. Allen Robinson has been downgraded to doubtful. Um, so we're probably going to get a heavy dose of David Montgomery. Uh, Andy Dalton will be in there. That seemed to benefit the wide receivers uh, yesterday. But I overall don't think this is going to be an incredible game. There are a couple of interesting games on Thanksgiving. This first one, not really one of them. That being said, I think Chicago probably pulls out the win. Yeah, it really sucked to see that Fields is not going to be able to play. He's dealing with uh, some banged up ribs, which anybody who's had any kind of rib injury knows how much that really can hurt when you're doing absolutely nothing not counting going out there and getting hit by massive human beings um, on probably almost every other play. So, yeah, uh, Andy Dalton uh, does get the start, as you mentioned. It kind of sucks that A-Rob might be out, too. I know they haven't officially ruled him out, but it looks like it's trending toward him not playing as well. And it's going to be interesting what happens with Nag. I kind of feel bad for him because he was, he was asked about that in the press conference, and it was like, hey, you know, is it true you're going to be fired after the game? And he's like, I've not been told anything about that. That's probably kind of a very awkward press conference to have. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I, I I don't know what they would accomplish by firing him in season. It's not like they can go and hire anybody they want unless they're going to hire somebody who's not currently coaching. So well, I, I don't understand. I don't that. know they're if not it in would, the playoff race. I don't know if it would necessarily help Justin Fields development to switch coaches right. middle of the season. So yeah, I'm kind of with you. That feels like probably not something they need to do, but it, it probably tells you that he's not going to save his job. Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess is kind of a, to be expected. We're three and seven. If it was the other way around, I don't think we'd be hearing anything. Three and seven, Fields hasn't necessarily played well. So I don't, and I don't know if that's on Nagy Fields, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with them after the game. I would be a little surprised if they let him go, regardless of the result tomorrow. And speaking of the Detroit Lions, our resident Lions fan is here, and that is Mr. Dennis Bennett. Dennis, how are we doing? You know, I'm doing pretty good. Looking forward to the next four days off. My wife has me a list this long, so <laughs> I can't hardly wait to not get any rest. You know, it, but hey, that that's what it's all about, right? You know, it's it's spending time with the family and the same thing. We were just talking in our chat. As soon as this is over, I've got a laundry list of things I have to get done before my wife gets home. And she realizes that I've been podcasting and not doing what she asked me to do. Because like I just told Matt, I, I took like a three-hour nap earlier today when I was supposed to be working. So, you know. I was not budgeting my time very well. But let's talk about the Detroit Lions. Dennis, Jared Goff or Tim Boyle, does it matter? Is whoever plays, is there anyone other than Swift and Hawkinson that you are putting in your lineup? No, uh, it is going to be just Swift and Hawkinson. But I do think Goff gives them the better opportunity to win. Um, you know, I, I love the story of Tim Boyle. But a great story does not necessarily make a great or good or even a, a slightly below average NFL quarterback. Uh, you know, Boyle's a he's he's a grinder, hard worker, career backup, uh, but he's not somebody you want starting three or four or five games for you. So I think Goff is going to be back in tomorrow, and uh, that's good for Swift and Hawkinson and. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Josh Reynolds steps up. Maybe Amon Ross St. Brown again. 
You know, who who knows? They gotta they gotta throw it to some one of the wide receivers has to catch a couple balls each game. Yeah, but if you're playing one of those Detroit receivers in your lineup, you've already lost. You might as that well is pack correct. It, because pack whichever, whichever one you play is going to put up zero points. I've gotten Goff, that out. Goff is trending toward playing. Dan Campbell indicated that he thought Goff would be ready. They've upgraded him to questionable. I think he's going to play too. I, it is really just those two. The one that's been the biggest surprise for me, though, um, might be Jamal Williams. I thought he could carve out a decent role. It seemed like that the first week may just be a sign of how good Swift is. Swift is good. And, I mean, and if we're being truthful, isn't Jared Goff questionable even when he's fully healthy? I mean, he was questionable the day he was drafted. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So, yeah, it, it's Swift and Hawkinson. Uh, whether it's Tim Boyle or uh, Jared Goff playing, I think we saw last week it doesn't really matter, at least for those two for the most part. I mean, Hawkinson's had his bad games, but Swift, great game against, in my opinion, what is still a fairly decent Cleveland Browns defense. So you're good with either one of them. Uh, I'm taking the Bears. Uh, Dalton looked pretty good last week. I think that they'll be able to get a couple, uh, a little, be a little bit more better offensively than the Lions in this one. I want to go the Lions, uh, and like if you were just looking at our show sheet, you've seen me switch it three or four times now. Uh, but Dalton, Dalton did look pretty good, and you know the only thing that I guess concerns me is Nagy canceling meetings, and he could very well be saying, you know what, f those guys, I'm going home, and uh, basically kind of screw the team anyways. So, but I'm still going to stick with the Bears. Yeah, I'm picking the Bears, too. And in case you think this is the worst game in Week 12, the NFL says hold my beer and wait till Sunday. <laughs> I won't be that bad of a game. You get you get that. What is the – what's it? What's in Turkey? I forgot. I was because I'm pretty sure I was going to say the wrong word. There we go because that's not the but word see, I was going to say. So. This is the game that starts early. It's it's It just gives you an upset stomach before your meal. It's no, no, no. It's the Cowboys that put you into a nice post-turkey coma. That That's why you're doing it wrong. You start eating during this game. That way it hits you and you sleep the whole second half. And then you wake up in time to watch the good games. Like, that's how I do it. Uh, my wife yeah. hates it because, like, I'm out from, like, one-ish to three. But, hey, you know, it, it works for right. me. And see, that's the thing. You guys it may have the advantage being in later time zones. This game uh, begins at 9.30 a.m. here. I will be that's eating, right. but it won't be turkey. There's nothing wrong with eating a little turkey at 9.30 in the morning. You know, get get everything going. I, I like mine fully cooked. I'm not going for the the raw. Well, it's a fair point. That's what you, you don't that's like a medium rare Wednesday. like your steaks, huh? Yeah. I feel like poultry gives you something uh, something close to the bends if you uh, You know, good reason not to show up to work on Monday, right? The 5-5 five and five Las Vegas Raiders are at the 7-3 and three Dallas Cowboys. Dennis, the Raiders have lost three straight. If they fall again, is it over for them? Uh, I, I kind of think it's over for them anyways. Uh, this team has a lot to overcome with the – Gruden scandal and firing or resignation. Uh, you know, I guess it depends on which side of the fence you're on, whether it's a firing or a resignation. The Henry Ruggs and Damon Arnett issues. Uh, you know, it, it's a. Uh, I think they're gonna the they're gonna play it out, but I just don't think they'll pull off. Uh, the, I don't expect them to win a lot of games. Uh, the 
rest of the season. I think that David Carr, Derek Carr is a, uh, he's a good motivator, good leader, but I just don't know that the team overall will be able to handle it. I don't know. I just traded Kyler Murray for David, D- Derek Carr. God dang it. If you, if you trade him for David Carr, that was a mistake. Yeah. No, well, you know, I, I had a 16-team super flex, two tight end that I was really suffering with depth, and I needed a wide receiver. I needed a tight end. And the only piece that I had that I felt I could get good pieces back was Kyler Murray, who I just traded for in the preseason. And I was super excited. I traded Kyle Pitts, in a package with Kyle Pitts for a package with Kyler Murray. And uh, I was sitting, I think I'm the fourth or fifth seed, and I felt like I just needed to do something. So I traded Kyler Murray, Robert Tunyon, and Paris Campbell, and Jalen Phillips, the defensive end, because we start nine IDP in that league, for Derek Carr, Terry McLaurin, Rob Gronkowski, and Andrew Van Ginkle, who's the number one, currently number one edge rusher. So I feel like I improved three of my positions and didn't totally tank the fourth one by getting Carr. So Carr Carr's been pretty decent for fantasy, and he's been like a, 11, he's been a 12, decent thirteen somewhere in that range. I think a decent leader. I actually think he has a chance to finish roundabouts, you know, top. 12 to 15 ish uh, this week because Dallas's defense has allowed quite a bit of yardage. I think this could be a more up tempo game. I tend to agree with you that I think the Raiders have had just too much overcome, you know, overwhelm them without having enough super talent. You know, they were probably right. still a, a borderline playoff team before all this, and that's a lot going on. Anyway, but if they lose, we've talked about there's 12 teams at 500 or better in the AFC. This would drop them below 500, a four-game losing streak heading into December. I just don't see how you come back from that. Yeah, it's going to be a crucial game. I'm really hoping they win tomorrow. Uh, Dallas, I think, can afford the loss. And and I actually think it's going to be a really good game with Dallas possibly missing multiple players here, Matt, as we know, Cooper is going to be, and it's likely Lamb will not play as well. So do you think this Cowboys offense is going to be good? I mean, Dak has kind of struggled as well since coming back, still still possibly dealing with the calf injury. Yeah, and I feel like they they let C.D. Lamb log a limited practice and moved him to questionable just to make sure they crush everyone's souls tomorrow afternoon uh, when he gets pulled out of the lineup because I saw that projection go back to the 16-point range and I thought I may not lose all my all my matchups this week. And then tomorrow when it's zero-point projection, like 10 minutes before kickoff, it'll be a sad time. I think it's a good week for Dalton Schultz. Um, I think... The cow, you know, we saw before when every time the Cowboys have kind of had a loss, they've come out really hard on offense. The next game, Ezekiel Elliott's off the injury report. Looks like he's a full go. More importantly, it looks like Tyron Smith. I don't see him on the injury report. Looks like he's going to be back. I think that's going to be big. I like Gallup. I think Cedric Wilson's not bad in a pinch. If they'd stop throwing at Noah Brown, who doesn't seem to be able to catch anything, I think they'll do well. The Cowboys are usually pretty strong at home on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, I think the Cowboys are going to fare well. My fear with Lamb is that he's going to get the he's going to do the Julio Jones. He's going to just be out there and be a decoy. He's going to be active. He's going to be on the field, and he's going to get like one target, and it's going to have like a one yard a dot on it, and and 
it's going to be just to draw people to towards him. So I, I, I like Cedric Wilson a lot and Schultz. Um, you know, we'll see what happens with Pollard has been looking good. And I know Zeke is off, off the list, but you know, the, the most valuable player on that team so far this year is Tyron Smith. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not playing CD lamb regardless. I just, I, I don't, I just don't think he's going to get cleared either. And we talked a lot about it. It's I'm almost positive. It's five days. I know that they've moved him off. There's a lot of hurdles he's got to get over to be able to play. It's not just, we're not talking about the NFL in like the early two thousands where you can just say, Oh, Hey, my headache's gone. I feel fine. And they're going to throw you out on the field. But we are talking injuries. about Dallas. So. True. But w- the NFL in general takes head injuries very serious now. So I, I honestly don't think we're going to see him. Even if they say, Oh, Hey, he cleared concussion protocol. He's he's not going out. I'm I'm playing somebody else. Uh, and if I end up losing because CD Lamb ends up having a great day, whatever. I, I'm not going to take that risk. Um, I, I actually think they're going to lean more on Zeke this weekend. You know, he full participant on Tuesday. Uh, he seems to be doing better. I think I think uh, Zeke's going to be okay. I'm going to take the Raiders. You know, they got upset by Washington last year on Thanksgiving. The Raiders have got a lot to play for. Why not? Will it into existence, right? Taking the Raiders. I'm taking the Cowboys. Cowboys for me, too. I was going to say the Sunday night football game. The Thursday night football game. The 6-4 Buffalo Bills at the 5-5 New Orleans Saints. The Bills are now chasing the Patriots in the division. Matt, can they move into a tie with a win? Yeah, I think they bounce back. They're the better team. They need to get a win. Um, they are in a precarious position in the AFC. The Patriots already now a half game ahead. They need to move to tie them and try to stay even with them record-wise as they head into those two head-to-head matchups. Dennis may have locked up. No, there we go. I'm I'm back. I did for a sec. The so that my concern with the Bills is that they just don't play tough. They, they get bullied. Um, I know some of it last week, uh, Edmonds was missing at middle linebacker, and he brings a little bit of toughness to that defense. They they did win last week. Uh, or did they win last week? I was just looking at the no. Saints game. No, they, oh, the Saints, no, the Saints lost. No, no none of the teams. Lost. All oh, six right. teams going into Thanksgiving lost in week 11. So the, the way the Bills can get pushed around is concerning. Uh, Marcus Davenport's going to be out, so there's a little bit of, I guess, hope there. Who knows what's going on in that backfield? Now it looks like Matt Breida is taking over the the Buffalo backfield. But if if we if we play the the Bills play to their competition, the Saints are better than some of the competition they played. But if the Saints decide to go with Taysom Hill and a Jalen Hurts type offense and start to to bully the Bills. I think that the, the Saints could pull it out. I don't know that that's going to happen, but uh, right now I, I'm leaning Bills. Uh, but the Bills they do have to win. It they're they're in a must win situation going going forward. 
Yeah, I mean, losing this game to a team that they probably should beat is definitely not going to make things easier. Now, they do get the Patriots twice, I believe, down the stretch here, so that can help them a little bit, getting those two wins back. But you don't you don't want to be playing catch-up That can help them if they win, but I don't know. I, I certainly don't think that's a given. I don't know that the Patriots are going to keep. I mean, they played some pretty bad teams here of late, Browns included. So I don't know. They they get some so better the teams Bills, on their schedule. The Bills have lost to the bad teams they played. No, that's true. But you know that doesn't mean that they're still not a good team. They, but they get the Patriots twice, so definitely need a win. But they can still make up time. Matt, the Saints have lost three straight and still have no Kamara. I uh, believe Mark Ingram is now questionable for the game as well. Yeah. What are we expect- expecting from the Saints on Thanksgiving? Yeah, I don't know if I'm more interested in watching the Saints offense or the fact that Drew Brees is the color commentator for this game and wondering what he is going to say and how he's going to try to remain impartial watching this group of people that he knows so well. You know, Trevor Simeon hasn't been bad. Um, but they're 0-3 with him as a starter. I really don't understand, as I mentioned on Monday when we talked about Taysom Hill's contract, why you don't try to do something different. They are in an equally precarious position. They were 5-2, and two, having beaten Tampa Bay, uh, looking looking good. They lost Jameis Winston for the season. They've lost three straight. They're now 5-5. Five and five. They're fading at the wrong time. Their defense is solid but they have not been able to do enough to win. I think they need to shake some things up and see if they can get a spark if they have any hope of making the playoffs. No, with Ingram out and Kamara, or Ingram limited and Kamara out, they don't really have much in the backfield. I mean, it's Dwayne Washington and Tony Jones. So they're going to struggle in the run game, I think, outside of Taysom Hill. The Bills... I think that the Bills are going to end up. Uh, oh, what was I thinking? The the shoot, I lost my train of thought. Um, but the Saints, back to the Saints, they're going to have to to. Uh, you know, they lost Troutman. Juwan Johnson's coming back. They're going to have to hope that Juwan Johnson steps up. Traquan Smith steps up. Oh, I know. I was thinking Latimer going up against Stephon Diggs. So with that defense there is where I got lost there. Um, so if, if if Kamara, so with Kamara out and Ingram limited, it really is going to come down to can Taysom Hill produce because I don't have any confidence in Trevor Simeon and they are going to have to shake it up. Uh, my apologies for losing my train of thought. Back to you. Oh, no, you're good. Uh, yeah. Losing Kamara is not ideal. And then losing Mark Ingram as well, as you just mentioned. Washington, the only guy there in the backfield. I, I mean, it seems like this is a get-right game for the Bills. Uh, there's nobody really in that receiving core I trust. Maybe Troutman until he got hurt as well. Um, you know, uh, like Traquan Smith has kind of been coming on for the Saints, so I'm curious to see what he looks like. But Buffalo's defense, again, secondary good. I think this could be the get-right game they've been looking for. Hopefully it's at least competitive. Uh, I don't feel like we – I think last year's Thanksgiving night game was good, but the couple before that have not been. So I'm, I'm hoping for – It's have been easy. iconic, though. You know, maybe we get a butt-fumble-esque play that we'll be talking about. Hopefully it's from Trevor Simeon and not Josh Allen because I have many shares <laughs> of Josh Allen, and that would uh, not be great. I know. Between 
Dallas and Buffalo playing on on Thursday and some of the, yeah. there's a lot of big time fantasy pieces that will have had their game. You're either going to be bummed on Black Friday when your wife spends all your money, or you're going to be pumped on Black Friday and forget that she spent all your money. You know, I think you're probably going to be bummed either way because you're just going to watch. <laughs> even if you're doing really good in fantasy, you're like, "Yep, there goes all my winnings that I was supposed to be able to spend in January when I win all these leagues." Or it's just going to stress you out even more, right? Because you're going to be watching this game like, okay, I need that money. So, yeah, no, it's it's going to be um, – yeah, it's whatever. Day off, watch football. And, hey, if you don't like it, there's a lot of really good college games on Friday. I promise you the Egg Bowl is going to be a phenomenal game. You like offense, tune into the Egg Bowl on Friday. You will not be disappointed. I am taking the Buffalo Bills. I am taking the Bills as well. I'm also taking the Bills. May, may it pass because my Super Bowl pick is looking – Really shady now. So this is like one of the first times we've done a preview with a whole slate to go. So Dennis, let everybody know how they can get help from a Hall of Famer to set their Week 12 lineups to get ready for that final playoff run. You know, I I was looking at my teams today. And so 20 Dynasty Leagues, I have, and I'm not shitting you, nine teams that are either six and five or five and six. So I need to make some stuff happen, which reminds me uh, in the, the uh, FF round table dynasty league, we need to move the trade led deadline back from week 10. I'm off my soapbox. Anyways, get the tools to help Bob Harris reach the fantasy football hall of fame, FootballDieHards.com flash update pro a full suite of tools to make you a better fantasy manager. Rankings, configurable cheat sheets, mock drafts, consistency tools, target distribution, snap counts, and more. Use code ROUNDTABLE for an additional 15% off the already low price of $24. And then, much like me, you'll be turning those 6-5 and 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 5-6 teams in. You'll win out and make the playoffs in these leagues. Sorry. I was looking at something. All right, so next up, we have got the 5-4-1 Pittsburgh Steelers at the 6-4 and four Cincinnati Bengals. Matt, the Steelers lost to the Bengals earlier this season. How important is it for them to avoid the sweep? Yeah, this is another division where everybody's 500 or better. Um, and this, so having already lost once to Cincinnati, Cincinnati's a half game ahead of the Steelers right now. If they end up getting swept and falling a game and a half back, that puts Pittsburgh in a really, really tough position as they're trying to make the playoffs. So I think they're going to come out hard and want to get the win. Yeah, I'm uh, buying in hard on the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, uh, Joe Burrow, you know, those guys are, are putting up some numbers. Um, I know Burrow has, has been just kind of mediocre the last three weeks, but Mixon is really driving it home. Uh, I think that the Steelers, they need to, they need to win. They're at a point now where they're, they're playing chase, uh, to the Bengals, uh, in the division. And I don't have confidence in Ben. I know he's coming back and he's, he, he's better than Mason Rudolph, but is that the kind of endorsement that you want? Um, I know Friar Muth looks good. It's, I think it'll be a close game, but uh, I definitely think that there's some opportunity to uh, um, 
there's some opportunity for the Bengals to start to pull away here. Yeah, I mean, this is not just a big game for the Bengals. Uh, I think it's a big game for Baltimore and Cleveland because this this group is so tight together. A a win for the Bengals pushes them higher up. It also drops the Steelers down, gives the Browns whatever little bit of hope they think. I mean, it's a big weekend for that AFC North with all four teams playing each other. I honestly think Cincinnati's the better team. Uh, so I'm very intrigued to see how they play against Pittsburgh. The defense for for Pittsburgh is not quite what they used to be. I was kind of pleasantly surprised with how good that offense played Monday night. Now the Chargers defense has not been very good this year, but still it was good to see Big Ben back and, and the the wide receivers and of course Najee just completely just killing it as a rookie this year. Um shoot, I forgot who I asked. So I'm just gonna go to Dennis. Austin Eckler tore up this defense Sunday night. What do we expect from Joe Mixon? I expect Mixon to have a, a good week. It'd be nice if Mixon had as good an offensive line as Austin Eckler does. Um, but Mixon is having a, a year where he's finally, A, healthy, and so he's, B, coming together, reaching his potential. He doesn't have Gio Bernard there taking a lot of targets from him. I know they put P. Ryan in occasionally, but for the most part, it's the Joe Mixon show, and I would continue to uh, – Insert him in my lineup as my RB1 without hesitation. Uh, you know, I feel like he's got a top five uh, upside just about every week. Yeah, and I I think uh, I think he's going to do well here. We talked about a little bit how the Bengals like to, uh, you know, have been better when they've been able to rely on Mixon. He had a very good game last week. I think he'll find some success again this week. Uh, Pittsburgh still has some injuries on the defensive side of the ball that seem to make a a big difference, um, especially in the red zone where Austin Eckler got a lot of his touchdowns. I think you can see the same thing happen with Joe Mixon. Yeah, I mean, he's just been good this year. Really good, actually. Um, and I think the fact that he does so much in the rushing game but the receiving game is is where he's really going to eat. The, the Where I'm curious is how Jamar Chase looks. I really want to see him go up against the Steelers' defense. But I think Mixon's in for a big day. I've not finished my running back rankings yet, but I think I've got him at seven right now. Um, so he's probably going to stay right in that range, maybe move up a couple spots. So I'm I'm thinking he's going to have a big week this week. Uh, before we move off of this game, for you guys, we we saw Big Ben back. Is it just Deontay and Najee that you trust, Matt? Are you willing to throw Claypool or Frymouth in your lineup? Um, not Claypool, but Frymouth, yes. Yeah, I think Claypool is the he, – he's a, a deeper league – um, play. Friar Muth, I'm very comfortable with. I think he's a tight end one, has top six upside uh, a lot of weeks. So I'm comfortable starting Friar Muth. Claypool, a little more iffy. And then if I'm taking a lottery pick, as much as I want to say that the lottery pick from the Steelers is James Washington, it's actually Ray Ray McLeod. Interesting. Asking for a friend here, if Logan Thomas comes back, Pat Fryermuth or Logan Thomas? Pat Fryermuth. In the this week or yeah. the yeah. season or dynasty? No, this week. Just this week. Just all, this week. all of the above for me. Yeah. So, I someone I'm... I know really needs a win this week in a big league. 
Logan Thomas coming off the IR. I believe. I believe. I, I feel like it's I, I'm I'm comfortable with Fryermuth. I'm gonna have Fryermuth rated higher. I do. Have it's gonna Fryermuth be higher. a very yeah. annoying decision all season long. I'm taking the Bengals. Just know just know whoever you pick is gonna get a zero while wrong. the other one gets twenty points. I am also uh yeah. I'm taking the Bengals as well. Oh, interesting. Sorry, I was reading something about Odell Beckham Jr. I'll save that for later. Um, yeah, I'm with you, though, Matt, on the zero thing. Ever since I started doing stuff in this so-called industry, all of a sudden my team suffer. I think it's karma mm-hmm. coming back. I should just go yeah, back I, to being a nobody. I, I, stopped trusting, I stopped trusting Noah Fant, so I picked up Dan Arnold last week and threw him in the in the starting lineup, and that worked out. He produced really just like Noah Fant. So, you know, it's it actually a great – the process was there. The results were – the seven and three Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the six and five Indianapolis Colts. Matt, what do we expect from the backfield split now in Tampa Bay with Rojo, who got run and a touchdown in Week Eleven with Leonard Fournette? Yeah, I think the thing that puts the fear into fantasy managers is that it now is going to be a split because we went through several weeks where it looked like they forgot Ronald Jones was actually a member of the Tampa Bay offense, and then last week he not only got carries, he got one of the rushing touchdown. I I'm still going to hesitate and believe that Leonard Fournette that we've seen all season is going to be their feature back and is going to be an RB2 or even possibly a low-end RB1 until we we see it even out more than one week into more of a 50-50 split. You know, Lenny was on Twitter yesterday, I think it was. He posted that, you know, he, he appreciated where the guys, the players that started him, this last week we're coming from, but that he, he recognizes he's on a really good team and there's only one ball and sometimes it just ain't going to be his week. I, I think that it's Lenny's show. I think it's Jones is going to get the relief stuff. He's going to get the change of pace stuff. And sometimes that means Jones is going to punch it into the end zone or Jones is going to make a big play, but I feel like it's pretty clear that it's it's Lenny's game back there. Yeah, I mean, they've had Rojo for this is his fourth season with Tampa Bay, and they've never really let him do anything. I don't think that's changing now. It is just going to be a headache, though, and I think a lot of that is, as me and Matt discussed the other day, just the Bruce Arians thing. That's, that's just what he does, unfortunately. But you've got to play Leonard Fournette because of the upside that he brings. Denna, Tampa is hard to run against. In fact, they're one of the best run defenses in the league. Talk a little bit about this last week. We saw what Jonathan Taylor did to the Bills. Can he do or can he break away and have a big game against the Buccaneers? Well, I think from a, a fantasy points perspective, it really only takes Taylor to make one big play, and and he can do that. So it, it's Taylor could have a very Barry Sanders type of game against the Buccaneers. He could have 17 carries for 30 yards and then one carry for 76. And at the end of the day, you're looking at 18 carries for 106 yards and a touchdown and everything looks great. But we also know that they're using Taylor in the rushing game. That's a, that puts them, puts him in the position to be able to make plays. I I like Taylor. I I mean, you're you're definitely not going to start him or, or sit him. I mean, but 
Are you hoping for 30 points? Probably not, but you're probably looking for 75 yards and a touchdown from him and a couple receptions. So he's still going to be in the RB1 range, but he may be five. Yeah, I'm still starting Jonathan Taylor. Um, you know, Tampa Bay has a good defensive front, but they have actually, they allowed the Chicago Bears to go over 100 yards rushing as a team with Khalil Herbert running at 100 yards. They allowed the Saints to go for 152 yards as a team with Alvin Kamara having 61 yards and a touchdown. I think Jonathan Taylor, we would say, is a little bit better than both those guys. I think he's going to find a way to be productive. He's the focal point of the Colts offense. They need him to be strong and and he has been in an incredible groove you know is he going to put up 200 total yards and five touchdowns probably not but can he get you 80 yards a touchdown and two or three receptions i think he certainly can yeah i'm really not worried about it at all i I think jonathan taylor is matchup proof at this point because you even go back i mean we just talked about buffalo had a very high ranked defense against the run so did baltimore and he didn't do much on the ground, but he then caught three passes for 116 yards and a touchdown. He's been getting two to three receptions every single game. They're starting to use him more. I mean, praise Frank Reich. All of a sudden, he's realized how good Jonathan Taylor is and started to use him in all assets of the game. I mean, it's it's crazy to say, but since week three, where he was 14-5-7 and seven were his fantasy points, he has not gone below 19 fantasy points. I think he's a shoe in for at least 15. I, I just don't see them bottling him up because as crazy as it is to say on the other side of things, I don't think that Tampa Bay can just focus in on beating him because Carson Wentz is actually playing pretty good as well. They can't just stack the box and say, okay, Carson Wentz beat us because he actually can. So I, I think Taylor is going to be in for a good game here as well. As Dennis mentioned, you're not sitting him. You're starting him every single week. He he is he is matchup proof. Whew, this is a tough game. I'm going to let you guys pick. i got to think about this for a minute. I'm taking the the fighting Jonathan Taylors. I'm taking the Buccaneers because I I just think the Buccaneers overall have too much talent. I'm taking the Colts. I don't feel great about it, but I'm taking the Colts. The five and six Carolina Panthers at the four and seven Miami Dolphins. Matt Cam Newton has been solid, but the band, the Panthers are fading in the playoff race. What do they need to do to get a win here? I think they need that defense to step up and be dominant again. Uh, And then they need to have another consistent performance from Newton. Uh, A lot was made that Newton came back and they weren't able to win. Cam Newton was fine last week. He had a nice rushing touchdown. He threw a touchdown to McCaffrey. He threw a touchdown to DJ Moore. He's getting the people involved. They simply couldn't hold Washington down. Uh, You know, that defense, which was a dominant feature early, early on, just wasn't that dominant. So he needs to keep driving the offense and they need to get some turnovers and disrupt what Miami's doing. And that's going to be a little tougher because Miami's defense has been coming on lately. Yeah. You know, I I know that Miami's, I, I actually, Van Ginkle, who I just traded for in the earlier trade is a dolphin. So you know, he's getting some pressure on the quarterback, but there's a difference between getting pressure on a six foot, 200 pound quarterback versus a six foot four, 240 pound quarterback that can run. Uh, you know, there's still questions about Cam's arm. Uh, 
but I think that Brady is going to put him in position to be successful. He's still going to run, and they still have Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I like what what they're doing. I think Cam just has to play within his skill set. So if they get in a position where all of a sudden they're having to throw the ball 20, 30, 40 yards down the field a lot, then I think it's going to be a, a rough day for the Panthers. But if their defense plays, steps up and plays a little better like they were earlier in the season, we've seen that they can do it. Now they just have to get back to doing it. Um, I think Cam will be just fine. Yeah. You know, I mentioned it when we talked a little bit about this on Monday. He's coming back from sitting on the couch for 13 weeks eating either. We, we have yet to have it confirmed whether it was Cheetos or organic Cheetos, but either one. He's eating Cheetos, been on the couch for 13 weeks, or not 13 weeks, it's been longer than that, really. Uh, and he is back playing football. I think he's just going to continue to get better and better. They have CMC. He was getting DJ more involved a little bit. They've got a good offense. I mean, we can't forget what this team was the first three weeks. And say what you want about Cam Newton, I think he's better than Sam Darnold. He's proven it. Dude's won an MVP. I think he's just going to continue to get better throughout this season. Uh, Dennis, on Miami's defense has been hot and the offense unpredictable. Who do you trust to start for the Dolphins? You know, I think super flex-wise, I'm pretty comfortable starting Tua. I think he does have back-end QB1 potential. You know, Jalen Waddell is is explosive, and they're not afraid to target him. And they're not afraid to target Gesicki, so I'm comfortable starting both of them. Uh I think, you know, Gaskin goes every other week. I think this is this is scheduled to be a down week for him. So I'm not I'm not quite sure how comfortable I am starting Gaskin. But in most leagues, if it's a 12 team league, there's 24 running backs that need started. And Gaskin is usually going to be right around that. You know, that 24, that 20 to 28 range. And so, you know, you you put him in your lineup and you. You hope he can catch three or four balls and pop one in. Yeah, I like Jalen Waddle. He's been wide receiver 20 on the season. I think he's quietly put together a very steady season. He's only had two games out of 11 where he had less than six targets, and he's had five games out of 11 where he's had nine or more targets. He's been quietly very steady, has good chemistry with Tua, uh, Gasicki has been pretty solid. There's been a couple of down games where that feels like the tight end position. I don't know what to make of Gaskin. Every time I feel confident that he's back on track and I put him in the lineup, he does nothing. And every time I stick him to the bench and ride him off for dead, he puts up 30 points. They just claimed Philip Lindsay off waivers. Um, that won't probably impact this week, but I'll be curious to see what that does. It, it gives you an indication. I think Miami realizes they have a backfield issue. Yeah, I think you can start Waddle, Gesicki, and um, Gaskin. Uh, Gesicki and Waddle I feel a little bit better about, as, as Matt just mentioned with Waddle being so good on the overall season. Gaskin, as Dennis mentioned, I mean – there's he's probably going to be top 24, but you're not going to feel great about it most of the game, I would think, just because he has those games where you start him and you're like, oh, why did I do this to myself again? And there's games you're like, God, I'm glad I trusted my gut one more time. So uh, I think those are the only three, though. I'm not, I'm not playing anybody else. Uh, and I am taking the Panthers to get the upset here. 
All right. I like the Panthers as well. The Panthers are actually favored. I'm taking the Dolphins to get the upset. I'm picking Vegas to be right yet once again. All right, next up, we are talking about the 8-3 Tennessee Titans at the 7-4 New England Patriots. Dennis, are you playing anyone from the Titans' backfield? Not if I don't have to. Um, I know I've seen – I've been watching the alerts pop up on my phone, all these people picking up Dontrell Hilliard, and I'm thinking to myself, mm, I don't know. You know, he's he spent – a lot of time in Cleveland, not doing a whole bunch of stuff. And, and I get that he had eight targets last week, but I, I, if I'm forced to start somebody out of the Tennessee backfield, I'm probably starting Foreman. Um, but also I think that if the Titans fall behind, then I could see Hilliard getting some run, but they're playing the Patriots who are not likely to score, you know, get a 21 point lead anyways so it kind of sets up to be a, a slow pace sort of a grind the, the ball out game from both teams so uh i don't know man it's an ugly backfield right now yeah i'm absolutely not playing any of the titans i'm not playing titan running back roulette mike Vrabel's off that patriots tree and now that he doesn't have a dominant player he's fallen right in there in the three games since Derrick Henry was lost to injury, the Titans do not have a running back that has cracked the top 35 for fantasy. Their highest ranked running back was running back 36 in those three weeks, and that was Adrian Peterson, who they set free. I don't trust Foreman. I don't trust Hilliard. I don't trust Jeremy McNichols, and there's going to be some kind of dreadful three-way logjam for probably 10 split points. I think out of the three, I probably trust Foreman more, but I'm not playing any of them in this matchup because I I don't think them going up against New England is a, a great matchup for any of them. I actually think they will get down in this, and I don't trust Dontrell Hilliard or Jeremy McNichols to do much while they're down. I think moving forward, you can probably trust Foreman because I think he's going to get a bulk of the rushing and probably some of the work when they get down in the red zone. I don't know how they're going to split between Hilliard and McNichols, and I don't want any part of that, but I'm avoiding all of them for sure this week. Matt, the Patriots are back in front. Can they get their sixth straight win Sunday? Yeah, I think they can. They're catching Tennessee at a good time, and they're red hot uh, both defensively and their offense is coming together. In addition, Belichick disciples have not fared that well coming back against their teacher. Yeah, I uh... – I'm all about the Patriots. Uh, I think they, they play smart football. They're going to control the clock with Ramondre and uh, Damian Harris. Uh, you know, Hunter Henry has been consistent all year. And now, and now we're getting uh, Aguilar and Bourne are kind of stepping up and making plays in the passing game when needed. So it it's a conservative offense. I, it, I think you're looking at, you know, what, 210 yards, 215 yards passing for Mac. And it's one of those, you know, 23 to 13 kind of scores. Yeah, Mac and Cheese is going to dominate this Sunday. I think uh, the Patriots are going to win this fairly easily. I, Matthew Judon's going to murder you. Did you not hear this? I did, and that's why I think it's even better. I mean, hey, look, I've been calling Mac and, him Mac and Cheese on other podcasts for a while, and that just makes it even better. That uh, that Matthew Judon thinks that he's he's gonna dink and dunk his way to a win on Sunday against the Titans because I think they're the better team. 
Yeah, I'm picking the Patriots too. Uh, I think the Patriots. Okay, I wasn't. I wasn't sure. I, I didn't know if you were going to go oh. the other way. I was trying to oh. trying to trying to make sure you weren't going Titans. Yeah, the this probably six. means the Titans are going to blow them out like forty five to three. The five and six Eagles are at the three and seven New York Giants. Matt, who do you trust for the Eagles aside from Jalen Hurts? Well, I kind of like Dallas Goddard because of the nature of the tight end position. Devonta Smith is at least flex worthy. I had hopes he might be moving into a wide receiver two range, but I don't know if there's consistent enough volume. The biggest question is the backfield. When Miles Sanders was out, it seemed like they were actually running the ball pretty steadily with Jordan Howard and Boston Scott. Miles Sanders came back, and they did give him carries. He got 94 yards, which is encouraging. Uh, of course, Jalen Hurts took all the touchdowns himself, so he might be kind of in that uh, old Buffalo Bills running back situation where uh, they move the ball around the field, but their quarterback takes all the glory at the end. Um, so I, I hesitate more there, but – Sanders is probably worth a flex play. Yeah, I, I'm back in on Sanders. I think he's, you know, the, for whatever reason, while he was out, Nick Sirianni was like, hey, why don't we try doing this? And then he, then Sanders came back and he was like, oh, hey, I think you're like better than these guys at this thing we've been doing. Let's use you at it. And, and he did. He wrapped 94 yards. I think he caught a couple balls maybe. Uh but I'm comfortable flexing Sanders. I, I think that, uh, you know, I don't think that on a weekly basis, Jalen Hurts is going to get two or three rushing touchdowns. Uh, I, I like Devonta Smith as a flex play. And, and like you said, Goddard, I think they're, uh, they're probably going to want to make sure that everybody knows why they paid Goddard that money. Um, but I like Miles. I, I, I was – pleased by what I saw from Sanders. And from a fantasy perspective, I was wrong about Jalen Hurts. Uh, sorry, I'm having an, uh, an Ohio State that team up north battle on Twitter here because there's some there's some slander going on about Ohio right now. I do and not appreciate Felix it. Felix just shut his cake hole. Oh, it's not just Felix. Now other people are jumping in. The, the haters are so strong against the great state of Ohio. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. And I think the Giants have kind of struggled against the tight end as well. So I'm with you guys. Dallas Goddard in for a big game. I'm probably starting Smith um, in a flex spot uh, because – I think the Eagles are – I'm just going to say I'm picking the Eagles to win. I think they're going to win fairly easily in this game. Dennis, on the Giants' side, they got rid of the clapper, which just sounds bad. Like, I, I just have to say, we keep saying the clapper, and I feel like we're talking about – I'm just being honest here. Like someone got rid of an STD. So maybe we should just say they got rid of Jason Garrett instead of going that route. But regardless, they got rid of him. Will it make a difference? We know Freddie Kitchens will be calling plays on Sunday. That's a great question. I mean, Freddie did a good enough job as a play caller to warrant getting a shot as a head coach where he was clearly over his head and his management style did not work. I, you know, Joe Judge has said, we got to score more points. And I think, I think they probably, so he's going to try to use, put Barkley in a good spot. He's going to try to put uh, Kadarius Tony in, in a good spot, get the ball to Kenny Galladay. I mean, I know Gall people get frustrated with Galladay, but the dude can ball. 
he he's got to get his consistency back. Um, I like I like the opportunity for it to be a higher scoring game than the Patriots game. That's for sure. Um, so I, I think Freddie will do okay uh, because it's going to take you know the new has got to take a couple weeks to wear off. Yeah, I'm excited to see Freddie Kitchens. Hopefully there'll be some more up-tempo. We've thought the Giants had a very talented group that has somewhat underperformed. He seemed to get a lot out of uh, Baker Mayfield when he took over those play calling during Baker's uh, rookie season, which is still arguably his best season. That being said, this week I am staying away from all the Giants wide receivers because there are four or five guys and who knows what their roles are going to be, what they're going to settle into and who's going to be targeted. I think you're going to have to give it a few weeks to figure that out. Yeah. The, the only player I feel comfortable starting is Barkley. Uh, the, the Eagles hatch actually have a good defense and they've had a pretty good defense all season. Uh, but I do think Freddie kitchens could be a little bit of sunshine and what is a, a pretty dark place in the New York giants. Uh, football team right now again I was talking with Ray Garvin about this this morning I, I don't remember the exact yardage but I remember the stat when he took over and the Browns offense in the back half of that season they were like 0.4 yards behind what the greatest show on turf Rams were doing per yards per play like he had Baker playing really well that was when Nick Chubb broke out I mean, that was we had high hopes for Antonio Callaway because he was catching passes. That was the Rashard Higgins breakout. Was it that was like what we thought was the resurgence of Rashad Perriman that season? Uh, I mean, there was a lot of really good offense going on there. I, I agree with Dennis. Clearly, being a head coach was a little bit above Freddie Kitchen's head, but he did really good in that for that second half of the season. The Giants have weapons. I, I'm with Matt on what he said. I think we give it a week C how and who he uses the way that they do. Uh, so Barkley's the only guy that I'm playing, and I'm taking, as I said, the Eagles to kind of easily get the win here. Eagles for me as well. I'm taking the Eagles also. The 4-6 and six Atlanta Falcons at the 2-8 and eight Jacksonville Jaguars. Dennis, the Falcons have been awful two weeks in a row. Does that change this week in Jacksonville? I don't think so. Uh, I think Josh Allen is going to be chasing around Matt Ryan and uh, given that offense fits, uh, you know, the Jaguars have, you know, they're a young team right now and they're, they play inconsistently. The Falcons are an old team and they big of a quadrialis and stand as I've been in the past. The fact that, uh, 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 Arthur Smith has come out and said that he's earned more touches after what did he have like nine carries for 37 yards or something? It wasn't, it wasn't uh earth shattering kind of numbers. Um, well, I, I think he's going to end up just being a backup to Patterson and Patterson will be back, but losing, losing Ridley and, and a rookie tight end, uh, porous offensive line. Uh, it, it's not a uh, recipe for a lot of success. I think the Falcons are going to struggle not only in this game, but the rest of the way. Yeah, this is possibly low-key the worst game of the week 12 slate. Uh, I think both of these teams are dreadful. Both of these offenses are uninspiring. There's a total of four players between the two teams that I feel – well – 
maybe Matt Ryan, but four players between the two teams I feel comfortable playing. We got word this week it doesn't look like Ridley's coming back at all this season. Uh, I think that's a bummer for Kyle Pitts. You're probably still playing him, but he's getting just blanketed on coverages. I think Patterson will be back this week, so that gives you a little bit of hope. But, I mean, the Falcons are nominally the better team, I suppose. Uh, I think I mean, it's I pretty really- even. Yeah, so you could probably flip a coin and get right whoever's going to win. So, yeah, I think I, I don't even know that I'd even feel comfortable playing playing pits. Man, we get this question a lot. So, or we get this statement a lot. So, thanks, Polar Knights. The the perfect evolution of beards. We get that quite often when people come in. But, anyways, uh, yeah, I, I think at this point I would. If Dan Arnold's available on your way, I actually feel more comfortable starting him over Kyle Pitts because they don't have anybody else to take any kind of pressure off Pitts. I know Pitts is, is, and I still believe generational talent, but I I don't even know that you can start him every single week now. Uh, Matt, what do we expect? You're just bracing yourself to sing your Michigan. Don't please do not right now. This is a big weekend. I can't think about that right now. So we'll, we'll do you know the words? Week. Have you pulled up the song sheet? Yeah, I don't know the words of that horrible, horrible fight song for that trash school. No, I don't. I'm gonna pay somebody else to do it. I'm not doing it. There's no way. I'll figure a way out of it. <laughs> John Jaguars do it. So that they think it's you, right? Yeah, I'll just I'll, you know I'll pay my buddy Ed Sheeran to just kind of pop in and, and sing a little. What, I don't even know why it's called Hail to the Victors. They never win. So that's for God. We're not, we're not talking about college football here. We're talking – go ahead, Matt. Sorry. sorry. So what do I expect from Trevor Lawrence? Probably three or four plays where you wonder if he had a real coach, if he would have made that play work. Maybe 160 yards. If you're lucky, no turnovers. Maybe 20 yards rushing. Uh, the team losing a close game and you wondering whether you wasted the one-on-one and super flex on the guy that was supposed to be the sure thing. Uh, Trevor's going for 250 this week, 250 and two touchdowns. Uh, I just, there's nothing on that Atlanta. If, if he's even approaching that, Daryl Bevel's going to take him out of the game. <laughs> you might That's be right, Robert. You might be right. Yeah. Now I, that, I think Lawrence is, Lawrence is going to be, He's fine. Uh, you know, he's a rookie uh, on a lousy team. Um, you know, they did start to get LaVisca Chenault involved a little more last week, finally. Um, James Robinson should be healthy enough to go 100%. Um, you know, and Dan Arnold has played well all season. Last week was an aberration. I, I don't know that I expect Arnold to get 10 – 10 catches for 70 yards and two touchdowns, but certainly four or five for 50 is, is within uh, the the realm of uh, possibilities for him. Yeah. I think Dan Arnold's probably the, if Cordell Patterson plays, I feel comfortable starting him outside him. Dan Arnold is literally the only player I feel comfortable starting out of this entire game. I like James Robinson still. Oh yeah. I forgot. He's not injured. Yes, definitely. James Robinson. I need, Hey, my Scott Fishbowl team is skyrocketing up, and I need James Robinson to continue to be good. So, yes, I, I apologize. James, forgot all about you. Uh, probably like Daryl Bevel does all the time, too. So, I guess it's not really, a, not hey, really something you that you do can be an offensive with. coordinator and ignore your best players. I, I think our biggest takeaway from this portion of the preview is that Daryl Bevel is never going to appear on this show. Uh, you know what? 
darn. I'm really upset about that. Uh, I'm going to surprisingly take the Jacksonville Jaguars to win this game. I'm, you know, James I've Robinson got the Jaguars as well. I, you're making me regret that I'm taking the Falcons. <laughs> I don't think there's a wrong answer here. There's also probably not a right one. The no matter who two, wins, we all lose. Exactly. The two and eight New York Jets at the two and eight Houston Texans. I mean, I, I think you could argue this is also probably a very bad. I was game. gonna say it really speaks to how shitty those other two teams are that I think that this might be a better game. I think the only reason this is going to be a better game is because Tyrod played really good last week, and we do get Zach Wilson back, although he's actually been the worst quarterback in this offense all season long, but that's neither here or there. Dennis, we get him back. Can Elijah Moore stay hot with him being back? Yes. Yes, he can. Now, if you think about it, who had pressure on him to perform as the New York Jets quarterback? Joe Flacco didn't have any pressure. He was like, screw it. I can do whatever, whatever I want. Josh Johnson, he was like, hell, they didn't even think I was alive, let alone an NFL quarterback. Mike White, bagging groceries for all we knew. And then he comes in and everybody's the great white hype. Whatever. Zach Wilson is the guy who had all the pressure as the quarterback of the New York Jets. Getting injured for him might be the best thing that could have happened because he had to step back and mentally – be the guy in the game and and watch it get figured out and figure it out from a mental perspective and do all the mental reps. So I think he's going to come in. He's, he's going to be looking to Elijah Moore. He's just watched the last three games from the sideline and he's wet. You know what? This dude is pretty good. I'm going to get him the ball. So I feel perfectly good that Zach Wilson and uh, his college education has said, I'm going to throw the ball to the guy that catches it and runs really fast. Look, Zach Wilson was so scared that he made the coaches give Flacco and White COVID so that they couldn't threaten his job this week. But he probably would be well-served throwing to Elijah Moore. It's unfortunate for him that Michael Carter got injured because now I don't think they'll have as much of a running game to keep defenses honest. I'm not a Tevin Coleman stan or a Ty Johnson stan. Uh, but – Hopefully they are still scheming to get the ball to more. He's their most explosive player. It's not a terrible matchup with the Texans. So I'm hoping that he can at least return wide receiver to value. Yeah. I mean, the best thing to happen to Elijah Moore was Zach Wilson, not starting. I didn't want to go the other route. Cause I, I don't like when players get hurt. Um, and the worst thing that's going to happen to Elijah Moore is that now that Zach Wilson is going to be back starting. No, I, I don't. Uh, Dennis said that you got to get him the ball. That's the problem. He couldn't get him the ball earlier in the year, and I don't know that him coming back now he's going to be able to get him the ball. I hope he does because he's been amazing the past couple of weeks. Um, I think coming into this week we were talking about him. He's forced his way into your lineups. Now I wouldn't be upset if you decided to pivot and put somebody else in. Uh, Zach Wilson just didn't look good. You know, I agree with what Dennis said. He was the only one with the pressure on him. That's also not necessarily a great thing that he couldn't perform well at all when all these other quarterbacks did, though. Regardless of the pressure, not none of those quarterbacks have the hyper-supposed quote-unquote skill talent or skill and ability that Zach Wilson has, and yet they all made this offense look nominally better than Zach Wilson did. I mean, it looked... You would have thought that any of those guys were the first-round pick for the New York Jets this year and not Zach Wilson. So I'm hoping he goes out there and proves me wrong because I, I do like to get... Me trashing him for the past minute and a half is not 
indicative of how I, I actually want him to succeed because I feel like everybody trashes him because of what his mom does on TikTok or whatever the hell it is. And so I actually want him to succeed. Uh, Matt, the Texans pulled the upset last week. Do we see it again this week? And is Rex Burkhead back to play? You're muted. You are muted. They released Philip Lindsay, so the backfield now is basically David Johnson and Rex Burkhead, and it does seem like they wanted to feature Rex Burkhead for reasons surpassing understanding. So he might be, if I had to play one, he might be the one I would lean toward, but that's another backfield where I really don't want any piece of it. The Texans in general, I actually think that they are the better team in this matchup. Are you really going to deny the existence of Royce Freeman? I didn't realize they signed Royce Freeman, but why? He's, they signed him a couple of weeks ago well, they, because they knew they were going to cut Philip Lindsay. Now, it, I I agree with you. I, I for whatever reason, you know, maybe it's because Burkhead gives him the best chance to lose while looking like he's playing hard. Uh, you know, it could be that. Uh, but Tyrod Taylor is going out, and the team is playing scrappy. Taylor's making things happen with his legs. He's doing his you know, Michael Vick impersonation. Um, if I had to to put some money on a player in this game, I'm still going to go back to to Brandon Cooks, uh, even against the Jets. I know they they play better against the pass than than the uh, the run, but I think that you know Cooks has been consistent. For the for all of his career, pretty much he has you know some down weeks, but I think he's the only weapon in that passing game. And at some point, you know, I feel like the Jets are going to play well enough that Houston is going to have to pass the ball with some functionality, and Cooks is going to be the beneficiary of that. Oh, yeah, I think that they can, you know, Burkhead, I believe he averaged like 2.3 yards a carry last week. So I don't know that I, I feel comfortable playing him. Anyways, even though the Jets, actually the Jets defense has been pretty decent all season long. So I, I think I'm avoiding that backfield about uh, as much as I'm avoiding. Oh, God, I don't even remember whose backfield we talked about now that was really bad. But that one, that one that we Tennessee. talked about them too. Yeah, definitely. That was the one. Tennessee, Tennessee yeah. New York's backfield without Carter. Yeah, which all of them just avoid all a lot of them. Of bad, bad There's a lot of a lot of very bad backfields. Uh, I, you know what? I just trashed him for a minute and a half, but I'm gonna pick him to to come back and lead the New York Jets to a win. Copycat. I'm taking the Jets. Taking the Texans. I have regrets. <laughs> I bet you do. You have to drown it with turkey. Hey, this Thanksgiving, be thankful for family, food, and free bets. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has a turkey day no-brainer you can't miss. New customers can bet just $1 on any Thanksgiving NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's, you've got three games. Now, I will say with those three games, there is a chance that you could pick a game where nobody scores. So that's my disclaimer. Uh, if Sportsbook isn't available in your state, you can still get in on the Thanksgiving NFL action. Make your first deposit and you can play free for millions with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football 
contest. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet just $1 on any Thanksgiving NFL game and win $100 in free bets. If either team scores a point, that's promo code TPPN this Thanksgiving at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What I hear you saying is don't bet your DraftKings money on the Lions. <laughs> the 6-4 and four Los Angeles Chargers are at the 5-5 five and five Denver Broncos. Dennis, with the win, the Chargers move into first in the AFC West. Do they get it? I think so. I mean, the Chargers are playing well. Keenan Allen's playing good. Austin Eckler is a machine. Austin Eckler has made it his mission to win fantasy players their championships. And I think if Jonathan Taylor had not scored 77 touchdowns last week, this week the talk would all be about Austin Eckler. But that being said, the Chargers are playing well. They're, the defense is spotty. Um uh, but I, I like what the Chargers are doing on offense. They're taking shots and they're putting points. Yeah, I, I think they can get the win. I think they will get the win, and they'll move into a tie with the Chiefs. I said a couple of days ago, I think it's going to be those two teams, really, that end up battling for the top of the AFC West. Yeah, I, I definitely think the Chargers get it. I'm, I'm back. Well, he's not going to win the MVP, but I'm back in the Chargers making it to the playoffs. Uh, I mean, MVP. he might. Other teams have kind of – other MVP candidates have really tailed off too, so nobody's perfect. You know you know who's going to win the MVP this year? Jonathan Taylor. I think he's going to continue to just crush it all season long. We're going to see it just like last year with the Heisman. They're going to pivot away from the good old quarterbacks and give it to somebody else. Probably not, but, you know, a guy can hope. Matt, what do we expect from your Broncos passing game? Sutton and Patrick were both extended. I hear it's because they hear Aaron Rodgers is on his way. I don't know if that's true or not. Extended. Is it too many mouths to feed, though, with too little volume? Yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be potentially the problem here. I, I was curious. I thought it was interesting. Both Patrick and Sutton were due to become free agents uh, at the end of the season. I thought they might keep one, but they certainly wouldn't keep both. And now both are extended. So they have those two plus Judy, then KJ Hamler come back. Fant and Albert O are all under contract for 2022 and beyond. In addition to Javante Williams, they have an embarrassment of riches kind of in young skill position players, but this offense is not super functional. And because of that, you know, as it's going right now, you have Sutton, Patrick, and Judy fighting for targets with Fant, Albert O, and the two running backs. There's not enough volume for me to feel great about any of them being a 100% lock to score. One or two of them has a good game, but they can't sustain all those guys the way they're running the offense right now. Oh, so I got to sit here being a Detroit Lions fan and listen to you whine about your team having too many weapons. Thanks, Matt. Thanks. You know, we tried to give you Trinity Benson. You just you didn't do anything with them. That's right. Now, I, I, you know, I like what the Broncos did for their passing game. If, if they, if Fangio and Shermer would go higher volume, 
I get it. Teddy is never going to be a mad bomber. But I think if they threw the ball more in general with the weapons that they have, they could be more productive uh, and more productive for fantasy, says he being selfish. Uh, but that would also, I think, help them win more games. Uh, you know, people love explosive offenses. The Broncos have the potential to have one. Uh, but for whatever reason, they, they tend to run that conservative Shermer offense and take the occasional big play instead of, you know, go make plays and, and win games. Uh, it'll be something to watch what they do at quarterback in the offseason. Well, I'd prefer Aaron if you got a chance to see Drew Locke, at least in this season, I think they might be more up-tempo. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I'm going to take the Chargers to win. That's all That's all I've got to say. Aaron Rodgers. I'm taking the Chargers as well. As am I. Make it a clean sweep. Probably one of the more interesting games of the weekend. We get the 7-3 Los Angeles Rams at the 8-3 Green Bay Packers. Matt, did the bye week help the Rams get back on track? And how do we feel about OBJ? Sean McVay said earlier today that he has or he expects a heavy game plan, including OBJ this weekend. Yeah, and the last time Sean McVay said they were going to heavily use somebody, it was when he was praising Darrell Henderson, and we really saw how that worked out. So I'll believe it when I, I see it. I take it from I, your sarcastic tone that it didn't work out, because I don't know exactly yeah. when you're referring to. Uh, I'll believe it when I see it, but I, I think they need OBJ to have gotten integrated in there and to be a weapon for them. They obviously lost Robert Woods. I like Van Jefferson, but they need they they wanted to add OBJ so that they would add depth and dimension to their offense. Now they really need him to come up big. This is an important game. They lost those two. You know, they made the move to trade for Von Miller. They signed OBJ. They promptly lost two games, and they lost in fairly convincing and humiliating fashion uh, right before the bye week on that Monday night game to the 49ers. This is another game against an NFC contender. They need to come out strong. Yeah, I the the Rams are I I don't have a ton of confidence in OBJ's productivity. You know, Sean McVay has by all intents and purposes a very sophisticated playbook. Um, I do think OBJ is going to, you know, if as long as they're not playing hurry up, I think he's going to get significantly more playing time than he did last week. But right now, I think he's going to be Deshaun Jackson. He's going to be a lid lifter. He'll get a couple he'll be, that or, you know, bubble screen kind of guy because of the sophistication in the McVay offense. So I think Van Jefferson still holds quite a bit of value over the next few weeks while OBJ grows into a more prominent role. Um, do I think OBJ could have a productive game? Sure. He could he could put up 100-plus and a touchdown or two, but I think it comes on, you know, one big splash play that he's able to connect with Stafford. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not sold on OBJ really being super productive for the rest of this season. He'll have some moments. Um, and they'll manufacture some touches for him. But I, I, I'm still kind of pinning my hopes. If I got to go outside of Cooper Cup, there, uh, Van Jefferson is pro Jefferson's the floor guy. OBJ is the ceiling guy. I guess is the best way to put it. 
Whoops, sorry. There was big college breaking news, and I was I was tweeting about that. I think OBJ is going to be in for uh, for a big day. I, I've, I mean, again, you're you're talking to probably his biggest fan of the group, so I'm I'm hoping for the best for him. But I, I do trust my brother in law in saying that uh, he he's going to get him well involved in the game. They need him with Woods being out. I mean, Woods was a huge part of that offense, and them losing him, I don't think Van Jefferson steps into that role, even if it's a couple sweeps here and there. We saw what he was able to do for the Browns on that play against the Cowboys last year. So I think a big day could be in for Odell because they're the the Packers defense, which is still good even since they lost Jair Alexander, are likely focusing in on Cup. Stafford's going to need to rely on somebody else. Dennis, what do we expect from the Packers offense here? And is A.J. Dillon a good play again? I, I think Dillon is a good play, but losing Elgton Jenkins – Struggling with the pronunciation of the first name. Uh, gonna Losing Jenkins is going to cause the Packers some difficulty on the interior with Aaron Donald there. Um, I, I think that Rodgers is probably going to have to do a lot of quick passing when he does pass. That's going to take, take away guys like Marquez Valdez-Gantling. It's going to lead to a lot more shorter passing. Um, but I think if, you know, I think we've seen in the past, sometimes if you run right at that guy, uh, you're able to get yardage. So Dylan has the size that maybe that will work, but I think any yards he gets uh, are going to be hard earned. Yeah. They're also missing David Bakhtiari. Um, so that offensive line is missing some pieces, which isn't ideally what you want to have against what could be a, a, tough Rams front. The other piece of interesting news is that Aaron Jones returned to a limited practice today. I don't know if they're going to want to rush him back, but if he ends up being active and playing, that could lead to more of a split in the backfield. If Jones is out, I really like Dylan again as a solid play. I think he returns at least RB2 value. If they are both active, I'm a little more hesitant um, about Dylan's ceiling because he'll lose out on some touches. Yeah, I, I think Dylan is likely still going to be a good play here. And outside of that, I think you guys kind of covered everything else here. So I'm taking Rex Ryan's favorite quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, and the Green Bay Packers to win the game. I'm taking the Rams. I'm also taking the Rams. The Sun, no, no, sorry, last Sunday afternoon game, the 5-5 five and five Minnesota Vikings at the 5-5 five and five San Francisco 49ers. Matt, what do we think of Tyler Conklin? Is he worth a play at tight end? You know, Conklin's not been bad. Um, his biggest contribution has probably been to once again kill the fantasy value for Chris Herndon, um, you know, who people got excited about for a hot minute when he traded to uh, – traded to the Vikings. It'll be interesting to see what Conklin's role is next year if Irv Smith comes back, because I think he's been uh, pretty good there. That being said, he's a tight end two for me. He has some tight end one upside if he gets in the end zone, but I think he's still squarely behind Cook and the other two receivers. Did Chris Herndon have fantasy value? I mean... Depends on who you ask, I guess. So, I now I... I, I like Conklin, but he's a he's a low end play. He's a got to have a touchdown. He's your typical three catches, fifteen yards, and if he doesn't get a touchdown, you're looking at you know four and a half, five points. Uh, 
unless it's tight end premium, in which case you're looking at, you know, six and a half, seven points. Uh, it's, it's a, you know, I don't know. It, in a two tight end league, I think you take the uh, shot maybe and roll Conklin out because you know he's going to get the snaps. And if San Francisco hits on a few plays, then the potential for the Vikings to have to play catch up is there. But it's it's definitely a gamble. If I can avoid Conklin, uh, I do. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of with you. It, that offense is funneled through Jefferson, Thielen, and Cook, and I I don't know that there's really much left for Conklin. I think it needs to be a shootout for him to really have a good game. Uh, and he, I don't even think he had a really good game last week against Green Bay. I don't think this is going to be a shootout here against San Francisco, so I'm avoiding him as well. Dennis, the 49ers passing game has been hot of late. Does it stay that way? And are Samuel Kittle and Ayuk all good plays this week? Well, I think, you know, are they given, is Samuel going to get RB designation too? Uh, you know, he's been running the ball an awful lot. I don't know. Ayuk's I, coming back. It, it looks, for all intents and purposes, that this offense has fired up the passing game and is ready to roll. Ayuk and Samuel and Kittle all have been putting up numbers. Um, but much like the Rams, you know, running the jet sweep with the wide receiver, their Debo is getting some some of that kind of action out of the backfield. Uh, I would like to think that they're all three going to continue, uh, but it, you never know because San Francisco Shanahan built his reputation on the the running game, and I think at some point if he's going to stop running the wide receiver and start giving the ball to the running backs to run. And as, as much, uh, much maligned as Trey Sermon was been in limited duty last week, he wasn't terrible. Pull the confidence back. If Mitchell is there, Jeff Wilson, Wilson still looks like he's favoring his knee pretty good. He didn't look, you know, all that agile. Um, but those three, those two wide receivers are tight end, roll them out and fire them up. Yes, I do believe in all three of them. You know, Kyle Shanahan does run, but he learned uh, at the feet of his father, Mike. And during Mike's heyday, he had Rod Smith and Ed McCaffrey out wide and Shannon Sharp at the tight end. And they used all three of them. And all three of them were among the league leaders at their position. I think they like what they're building with these two wide receivers and the tight end, Jimmy G has been on a tear and I expect this to be an up-tempo game. I don't like Minnesota secondary very well. They did not do a great job of holding the Packers in check. I don't think they're going to do a great job of holding the 49ers in check. Yeah, uh, neither do I. And I'm with you. Ayuk's been slowly building up. We talked a lot about this on Monday, or maybe it was yesterday. I mean, Samuel just seems unstoppable. And, and Kittle is an absolute threat at tight end as well. So I'm, I feel comfortable playing those three guys, especially because uh, as Elijah Mitchell been ruled out, or they, they say that he's No, he's play. actually tracking more toward playing. He's He's okay. been healthier. I think that, that that helps the offense all around as well. It might hurt a little bit of the passing volume then with that because I don't they didn't really seem to want to run that much with Jeff Wilson and uh, I don't remember who the other running back was. Trey, Trey Sermon, Sermon actually got 10 carries, which is insane to say because I thought he retired with the way the, the 49ers treated him. So, uh, I'm, uh, But I think all three are really great plays this week uh, against a Vikings defense that is, is really tracking – 
uh, to not be that good. And then obviously the loss of unfortunately Everson Griffin as well this week with what he's dealing with is probably going to hurt them even more. I guess I'll take 49ers. I don't really feel great about that pick though. I, I'm going Vikings. I, I know that the Vikings D is going to give up some points. And I think that uh, Jefferson Thielen cook are going to take Kirk cousins by the hand and they're going to carry that offense. So give me the Vikings. I thought to myself, who this feels pretty even. And I remembered Mike Zimmer is the coach of the Vikings. So I'm taking the 49ers. You know, Fellas, we got the holiday season coming up, and I don't know what your wife likes, but my wife loves fantasy football merchandise. Okay, just kidding. I'm buying it for myself. Uh, I just went, went to the Viridian store, and I got me some uh, fantasy football roundtable merchandise. Just in time for the holidays, get your fantasy football roundtable gear at viridianglobal.com. Uh Search under brands and you can find the fantasy football roundtable, snapback hats, trucker hats, t-shirts, three-quarter sleeve raglan shirts, and my favorite hoodies, all adorned with the fantasy football roundtable logo. Black Friday round code roundtable. That's code roundtable. Viridianglobal.com slash collection slash fantasy dash football dash roundtable. Use code Roundtable for ten percent off. All right, the last two games of the weekend. We got the Sunday night football game between the six and five Cleveland Browns and the seven and three Baltimore Ravens. Dennis, are there any plays in the passing game you feel comfortable with with the Cleveland Browns? Um, I'm comfortable with the screen pass. <laughs> you know, oh, that's not what you said. Those are the kind of things you should say when you uh, hand your wife her Christmas present of fantasy football roundtable merchandise that you bought on Black Friday. Now, you know, Jarvis is going to get a little bit, but, you know, he's banged up. He's playing. He, he, he is the short game guy. Peoples Jones is getting open deep, but he hasn't been able to convert. Higgins makes a play now and again, and Anthony Schwartz is – uh, you know, the second coming of uh, who's the little dude in Arizona? Not Rondale Moore, the other guy. Tim Dwight? No, oh. no. Just picked out of Delaware a couple years ago. Can't even remember him. Oh, yeah. they were they Surprise second there. round pick. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, enough what of What are him. we talking about? Sorry. Someone sent me a text message. The Cardinals wide receiver that they picked uh, like three years ago. Two years ago, a white dude out of Delaware or Connecticut. I can't even remember his name. Oh, anyway, shoot, I don't even know either. I'm trying to think um, of who it is now. But the so they they don't have a lot, but they're supposed to be getting Kareem Hunt back. Um, and then they and you've got Nick Chubb, and they go three deep at tight end with Hooper, Bryant, and Injoku, provided Injoku catches the stuff thrown at him. Uh, so I think it's going to be kind of a smash mouth, pounded in your face kind of game against that defense and then take the occasional shot. Uh, the Browns are going to have to try to keep it close. Uh, but the the Ravens offense with Jackson can be really explosive. So it's going to be a tough game. I, I don't really – if I have to start anybody outside of uh, Landry in the receiving game, I'm fretting because – 
Landry is your very much he could catch six or seven passes for like 32 yards. The name we were looking for is Andy Isabella. Yeah, that's the dude. I you know what would be most ideal is last year the Cleveland Browns Baltimore Ravens night game was one of the best games all year. This fun back and forth up tempo game. I know some of us weren't thrilled with how it ended, um, but you know, it was great for fantasy. I'd love to see that again. I just don't feel like either of these teams is playing that way right now. That being said, there's going to be somebody in the passing game relevant. My money's still on Landry. I have him in the wide receiver three range, but you know, I think there are worse options. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing with Landry is how healed is he after dealing with that knee injury. Uh, but I, I do think that, I mean, <laughs> this is the game for Baker in this receiving core. Baltimore is the worst against the pass. If they're going to get it going, this has got to be it. I think, as Matt said, someone probably emerges. I, I think a sneaky upside on possibly Austin Hooper, Harrison Bryant as well. Uh, but I, I think Jarvis is the guy here. They're going to lean on Chubb. Kareem Hunt's probably going to get a lot of receiving work as well. They're going to have to lean on those guys if they want to get a win because I think this defense can be good. I expect Lamar to play. Uh, should be a very interesting – or let's hope it's going to be an interesting game. I should say that. Matt, Lamar Jackson is expected to play. How do we feel about the Ravens' backfield? You know, I'm actually – I think it's the Devonta Freeman resurgence. I think he's the reason they let Bell go. I think Murray's playing a complimentary role, but Freeman is the one I like. And given some of the backfield options that we have staring us in the face this week, I don't think he's all that bad of a flex play. Yeah, he's he's a, a low-ceiling flex is exactly what he is. He's probably good for 12 to 14 carries and 50 to 60 yards. Uh, and maybe a touchdown. He'll catch a couple passes too. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's the kind of resurgence you want uh, based on what his career used to be, um, but he's the guy back there now. Yeah, I don't. It's I can't say that I don't want to play any of them because we've we've like eliminated four other teams running backs right now. <laughs> There's unfortunately not enough running backs to like not play. So uh, I guess Freeman, You're I mean, he, Dietrich Felton, I guess. I, I, I guess Fre- Freeman has actually played kind of good the past couple of weeks. So I guess I'll roll with Freeman, but I, I don't really feel great about it. I do think Cleveland's coming to play this game. And God help me, I don't know why I do this myself, but I'm picking the Browns. I think they turn the season around with a big win at home against Baltimore. Nope, never mind. In Baltimore because they're not at home. I'm wrong, but they're still going to do it in Baltimore. I've tried that the last two weeks, and it didn't work out. I'm picking the Ravens. (laughs) Yeah, I'm unfortunately taking the Ravens too. The Monday night football game, the three and seven Seattle Seahawks at the four and six Washington football team. Again, I'll repeat the three and seven Seattle Seahawks at the yeah. four and we six. Know, we know we know ESPN is not feeling grateful this uh, yeah. Thanksgiving weekend. Dennis, the Seahawks have struggled greatly the past few weeks. How do we feel about Russ, DK, and Lockett? Well, I mean, how how do we feel about injured again after one game. Um, now, I think Russ, DK, and Lockett are all that team has in the occasional uh, Gerald Everett completion. I, I think, you know, I just watched some of the Tony Gonzalez, uh, oh, what do they call that series they have on the NFL Network? Um, 
uh, football life or something like oh, that. Yeah. And he was talking about his, when it came to the end of his time in Kansas City. And it was like the team just, they thought they were going to be good and they just weren't. And basically he's, he went to get Kyle Peterson and was like, man, I think you need to get send me away. You know, I, I, I don't have a rebuild in me. I think that's where where Russ is in Seattle. Uh, I think he's going to do what he can, but I, I think Russ has got one foot out the door, and uh, it, the inconsistency is popping up for both uh, Lockett and uh, Metcalf uh, in the game. They become very one-dimensional with, with Chris Carson gone for the season, and, and no other running back really – having the talent level of Carson or Penny. Uh, Alex Collins is a, a you know, 70% maybe uh, of Carson. And so that leads to inconsistency. So, you know, you, I think you start all three of them. Uh, Russ and the Superflex, probably you roll him out. But, you know, in one league, I have a one QB league. I have Garoppolo and I have Russ and Russ is going to be hitting the bench. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, you're right. They can't run. Uh, there seems to be a bad energy about that team. Uh, Pete Carroll looks, I guess the best word to describe is flummoxed at his press conference last week. Russ has been dreadful. He's been quarterback 25 since he returned, and I don't even think he's been that good. I think it's just the nature of the position has been that bad the last two weeks. And he's dragging these two receivers down with him. And honestly, Washington's defense has been getting better the last two weeks. They stymied a red-hot Tom Brady. Russ is far from red-hot. I I think there is an inherent danger in this game. Uh, I'm not confident about Lockett. He's been real boom or bust. Metcalf is probably the one I feel the best about, but I've dropped him even into wide receiver two territory. It's just the Seattle looks lost, and I think they're going to get broken up this offseason. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been saying it for weeks. I think, again, I don't mean this. I, I don't like calling for people to get fired. I think Pete Carroll is a great coach. I, just, I, I feel like for whatever his word is not, or like maybe whatever he's coaching and preaching is not, it's just kind of fallen on deaf ears with that team with the way they just have been playing. Uh, and we keep hearing rumors that Russ wants out. I think it's just time to, to rebuild in Seattle. I, I I'm, I think DK is probably the best play. If you play Lockett, you're hoping for a big play, which is possible against this Washington football team. I don't feel great about any of them. Matt, Washington's defense has been better, and the offense has been solid. Logan Thomas is tracking to return. Are you playing him? Yeah, I think if I think Logan Thomas will finally get activated this week. He's been really close the last couple of weeks. I think he finally gets it. But that being said, he's a tight end too for me. I need to see it. I think they may uh, be working him back in. It's probably just Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin that I feel great about starting. Taylor Heineke continuing his audition. They said it's looking very unlikely that Ryan Fitzpatrick comes back. I think Heineke's been good at times, struggled at times. This stretch drive is really going to be a chance to look at him. If he can get this team turned around and they can be at or around 500, I think he may actually get a shot to be their quarterback next year. I, I To me, I think if Heineke gets a shot to be the quarterback for the football team next year, it's an indictment on the NFL's quarterback development process and the quarterbacks that are coming into the league. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think Heineke is 
I don't, I don't think that, he's a, that probably <laughs> is the problem, though. I think yeah. he's not a class super. isn't deep enough to solve 12 teams problems. And that's what we're basically looking yeah. at. Yeah. And it's he's not a difference maker. Uh, you know, but then again, I don't think Fitzpatrick from an execution perspective wasn't really a difference maker either. He was more a guy that created an energy around the team that made them believe that they could do things. And I don't know that Heineke necessarily lifts everybody up that same way. I think Heineke, you know, he's playing, you know, hopefully he can keep playing well. You know, uh, Gibson's coming back. His, you know, broken shin seems to be healing while he plays through it. Uh, As far as Logan Thomas goes, you know, Ricky Seals-Jones is out. So if Logan Thomas is healthy, I think I'm firing him up. I think, you know, he's he's going to be somewhere in that 9 to 14 range. And so given his history, I think he's worth taking a shot on there. Uh, mostly Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson are the two guys I want there. Yeah, I was actually going to say that, and then Matt brought it up. I mean, I think he has been playing well enough. He got a two-year contract in the offseason, so I think they give him next year as well. I'm, and it's not even that the, the quarterbacks are, are that bad, but if they continue playing this well, I think they're going to be right around 500. They're not going to be low enough down to get one of those top guys. Uh, maybe they take a shot on on a guy like that, I like a Desmond Ritter or something in the second round and try and give him a year or two to develop uh, and see because I don't know that he'll go in the first round. But I, I think Heineke's done enough to at least deserve getting a shot. I mean, they they pretty much got to a point where Fitzpatrick's not coming back and and they've been playing well. I, I think it's fair to say it hasn't really been on this team's offense while they have not been that good. This defense has not been nearly as good as we thought they were going to be. So I'm, I, I I like him to continue to get a shot as a starting quarterback next year, and I'm taking him to get the win. I think that they're going to – I shouldn't say easily beat the Seahawks, but I think they're going to get the win. Yeah, I'm picking Washington too. Yeah, I think just where see the Seahawks are mentally, having to travel east all, all the way to D.C., is a stressful on a team. I'm going, I'm going with Washington as well. All right. So that will do it for us today. Um, you got obviously all day, Thursday, Sunday, great weekend of games here. We will be back on Monday, Matt, Dennis, and myself to recap everything. Uh, before we get out of here though, I'd like to say thank you to everybody who does listen, watch this. Um, we are all, the three of us are very appreciative. We would not be where we are for not having you guys. I mean, I've been doing this now. This is, I think my fourth year, doing this dennis has been with me for three uh technically four he was in and out that first year when i was doing it by myself so we've been doing it for four matt's been here i believe for three years now so i mean we it's been it's been a really fun four years and it's because of you guys we get to keep doing this so thank you very much to you guys thank you matt dennis for also doing this with me it's always been a lot of fun to get to do this with you guys i hope everybody has a great and happy thanksgiving with your families and enjoy the weekend off if either one of you have anything you, you would like to say go right ahead I just want to say happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Hug your family, even the ones you disagree with. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Go Cowboys. No, no, no. We have to end on a go Browns and go Buckeyes. I refuse to end on go Cowboys. <laughs> I was going to stay silent, but no. Go Buckeyes. Go Cowboys. Or, oh, God, no. Then you have me say go Cowboys. Go Buckeyes. Go Browns. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your pop on there. Touchdown. I would be honored if you
Who can make a play? I can! Who can make a play? I can!